You're listening to the Next Step Podcast, Managing Student Loan Debt, part of our Credit Basics series presented by Regions Next Step. Advice, tools, and resources to help you get closer to reaching your unique financial goals. Today, we will hear from Eric Smith, founder of the EKS Group and creator of the Financial Literacy Coach and the Money Game Literacy Program. With over 28 years of success in the financial industry, Eric has the expertise needed to teach students how to succeed financially, no matter which career they choose to enter after college. Now let's get into the discussion. Eric, to start off, how can student loan debt impact someone's life? Oh, that is a great question and one that is so relevant in today's time. You know, I saw a survey that suggested that over 70% of the graduating students across the country last semester uh, were going to have around $40,000 or more in student loan debt. And oftentimes I meet students that are just, you know, they're just uh, really they're at, at a loss on how they're going to make these payments on time. And, you know, oftentimes I meet students that are unemployed or underemployed, and uh, it, it can be a quite a burdensome, uh, really, a, a, an obligation. And, uh, you, know, you know, just from a stress standpoint, you know, just uh, being concerned and worried that you can't make the payment, uh, I have met so many students along the way that are making job decisions not based on what their passion is or what they're really interested in, uh, but simply is, you know, can I repay my student loan debt in time? You know, uh, there, there's something called loan forgiveness. And I met a, a lady the other day that, uh, honestly, she was finishing her Ph.D. and she had $186,000 in student loan debt. And she was taking a job. Uh, in a small town, not because she really wanted to take the job, but because it offered and it qualified for student uh, loan forgiveness after 10 years. And so, you know, she was basically making a 10-year sacrifice just to repay student loan debt. And so, you know, it has a, a huge impact in the quality of life if you're always worried about whether you can make a payment. You know, I saw another survey this past year that talked about the, the large percentage of uh, first-year employees that aren't participating in a 401k program because they feel like they can't afford to do that because they've got to deal with all the student loan debt. And so, you know, it's impacting their you know future financial uh, stability. And so student loan debt is, is a you know, honestly, I think it's a train wreck of coming. I, I saw another survey that suggested that over 3,000 people a day default on student loan debt. And so I think it's an issue. It's a national issue uh, that's going to have to be dealt with. And I, honestly, I don't know that, I, you know, I have a, a, a real suggestion for, you know, how to fix that. But, uh, you know, when, when you meet people that have eighty five and $100,000 of student loan debt and they really don't make enough money to repay that, then that's an issue. And it's, it's something that, uh, that we're going to have to deal with as a country. Agreed. Thank you for that perspective. Now, how about other borrowing in the future? How does student loan debt affect this? Well, you know, the reality is, is that if you have a big student loan payment and, you know, if you're going to come to my bank and apply for credit, part of my credit decision making is, hey, can you, that person afford to pay me back? And if the majority of your paycheck is going to a big old student loan payment, then more, you know, maybe I'm not going to be so willing to extend that credit and give you that car loan or give you that mortgage. Uh, I saw another survey that suggested that the millennials having all the student loan debt, they're postponing uh, home buying decisions because they, they, they're just drowning in all the student loan debt. And so uh, it, it's, it's somewhat of a, a unique uh, you know, struggle 
there are certainly differences uh, and, and unique qualities about student loan debt that you don't see elsewhere. And so as a result of that, it, it is a very unique type of debt uh, and one that so many students in our country have, uh, you know, unfortunately, and they've got to deal with that. Now, it sounds like students could really use some tips for managing this debt. What are some of your top tips for paying off student loan debt? And that's a great question. I do have some tips. The first thing would be to, before you leave the school, actually complete the exit counseling session with the financial aid office. I meet so many students that basically leave campus without actually uh, doing that exit counseling session. And then during that session, your financial aid officer is going to review your borrowing. You know, sometimes the borrowing records are inaccurate. Uh, And so one of the first things that they're going to ask you to do is decide on a repayment plan. And so you need to educate yourself a little bit about that, understand the different repayment options, and pick the plan that's best for you. Uh, you know, it's, this could be a confusing area. You know, you got subsidized, unsubsidized, you've got federal, you got private. And uh, what we're seeing now more and more is that uh, more and more people are tending to have private student loans which don't have some of the benefit of the federal as far as refinancing and, and, and re, um, readjusting. And so, one, you, you've got to get the education. You've got to understand the differences. And it actually starts before you go to college. You know, and, you know, the FAFSA, the financial aid uh, application form that parents have to, to deal with, I've done it myself, it can be intimidating. And so, you know, there are some resources, studentaid.gov, Uh, is a good resource to go to learn more about the student loan repayment options. Uh, But, you know, after the credit counseling session, you know, one of the things they're going to ask you to do is to create a budget so that you can actually see, based on what you think you're going to make, what you can afford to pay. You know, typically a forbearance period or a grace period where you don't have a payment is about six months. So they typically will give you six months after you graduate to get a job before those monthly payments start. And, you know, oftentimes these student loans are on a 15-year loan basis. Uh, but I have met many of people that have 25-year student loans. And so they're dealing with this debt for, for most of their adult life. And so it's really important that, you know, one, you understand what type of debt are you applying for. You know, if you were to apply for a subsidized loan and you get that, then that's a government, basically the federal government is subsidizing. The interest is not accruing while you're in school. An unsubsidized loan is one in which where the interest clock keeps ticking while you're in school. And that can be a much more expensive way to borrow money. And so some of these you know, these things we have control over, uh, sometimes, you know, because of your parents' financial standing or your own individual standing, you will not qualify for a certain loan. Uh, and, you know, you need to understand the, the disadvantage of a private loan. The underlying question is, you know, accountability. How do we enforce accountability? I think there's value and benefit of having uh, someone in your life, whether it be your parent or someone that you trust that will be real with you. You know, uh, Regions has what the real talk, you know, and that's what you that's what it is. There's real talk. Uh, I think there's value in that. You've got to be somewhat guarded about who you share that information with. But you certainly your parents. Uh, I, I think that it's very uh, could be very helpful uh, to have the parents, uh, you know, especially if the parents are co-signing or co-borrowing the debt, then I think they have a right uh, to know exactly how the payments are being made. Uh, you know, I, I will tell you, it reminds me of one scam that's been going around a lot recently uh, that unfortunately preys on parents and students with a lot of student loan debt. 
And that is where people are actually calling and offering to lower refinance at, at a much lower rate. And it's a very popular scam going on right now. And they actually give you a different address to make those payments to. They divert the payments to the actual person who's supposed to be receiving the payment. And that's a very current scam, uh, just so you know, that's going on this past year. And so I would certainly caution people that student loan uh, servicing companies generally never call anybody uh, to encourage refinancing. Uh, I guess that could be good and bad. Uh, so in one way, uh, it's bad in that you're going to have to be maybe a little bit more proactive uh, in making certain that uh, you've got the lowest rate possible. Uh, you know, so if, if you're having to take out private student loan debt and it's in excess of 10%, then maybe we need to look at alternative ways of refinancing that debt. But uh, as a parent, uh, I think, you ha- you know, uh, Depending on the dynamics of the relationship with the student, of course, I think it could be very helpful to have that accountability, that forced accountability and reportability to my parent uh, or parents to to let them know how I'm handling the debt. I've met students uh, who actually really don't need the student loan and they really don't understand the impact. Hey, if you don't need it, uh, don't take the money. Don't borrow the money just because you can get it uh, because nothing is free. And uh, the cost of that credit, uh, as you'll soon find out, uh, is very, very expensive. That's a great point. Just because money is available to you doesn't mean you should take it. Now, to get further down the road in the debt management process, what does it mean to consolidate or refinance your student loan debt? When should someone consider this, and what should they be aware of? Well, there is a difference between the two, but uh, typically speaking, uh, you know, you, you get these loans every year. And sometimes when the interest rates are moving up, the rates will vary on these loans. And also the rates vary on the sources, meaning that if I get a subsidized federal student loan, that rate might be substantially different than if I get it from a private lender. And so, you know, oftentimes we'll have, uh, let's just say that I went to a four-year school and I got student loans uh, four times, and maybe the rates were anywhere from 7% to 11%. And so if they're federal debt, you have the ability to consolidate that, right? And to to make that payment lower, put it all in in, in one bunch. And oftentimes, if it's federal debt, it qualifies for a lower refinance rate, which in turn would make that payment more affordable. Refinancing is simply just refinancing, getting another loan to pay off that previous loan, hopefully at a lower rate, at a lower interest rate. But in order to do that, You've got to have a good credit score. It goes back to the need why we need to have a good credit score. You've got to have a good credit score in order to refinance to get the best rate possible. Well, you you need to certainly understand that there are some advantages to having federal student loan debt. Uh, And some of that has to do with the consolidation. Uh, Some of the federal student loan programs do allow for a loan forgiveness. Let's just say that you were uh, going into the medical field or uh, police or firemen or social worker in uh, in an area that, uh, uh, let's just say, that's an underserved market. Uh, let's just say I go to rural uh, Mississippi, and uh, uh, as a result of that, uh, that job qualifies for a loan forgiveness. So uh, in 10 years, uh, if I make all my payments on time, then I would be eligible for a loan forgiveness. Well, if I had mistakenly refinanced that loan to a private student loan, I forego that loan forgiveness ability 
because that does not carry forward to a private loan. And a private loan is just when you go borrow money from a bank or a credit union or an institution that is not affiliated with the federal government. And unfortunately, what we're seeing more and more of is that the private loans are the ones that typically are being approved. It's getting more and more difficult to get a subsidized federal student loan. Thank you for making those distinctions. That's very helpful. Now, what advice would you offer to recent graduates and their parents about managing their student debt? You know, the first advice I would offer is always make those payments on time. You know, uh, oftentimes people will, will encourage you, especially if you get in a little bit behind on your payments, to not make the payments. And, you know, that can be some of the worst advice. I, I would highly encourage you to always keep those payments current. The chances of a refinance or consolidation go up considerably if the current, if the debt, excuse me, is current. So that would be my first advice. Uh, but also understanding that you have some repayment options. Uh, there's something called an income-driven repayment plan uh, that basically looks at how much money you have left over every month that you can actually afford to pay for that student loan. And so the federal student loans are eligible for the income-driven repayment plans. Your private student loans are not eligible for that program. There's another program called Pay As You Earn, and it's also somewhat similar to this. But in in essence, what they do, again, they look at what what, – they make you do a budget to begin with, and they calculate what you have left over that you can responsibly and and afford, afford to pay toward the student loan debt. And they fix that payment so that it's in line with that amount of money. And so you have income-driven pay-as-you-earn options. And those are things, you know, the disadvantage might be that, wait, I'm going from a 15-year loan to a 25-year loan. But right now, if I'm struggling just to keep, you know, my head above water, then maybe that's a good plan for me to get some payment relief. And maybe I'm going to get some raises uh, and, you know, when I'm starting out, maybe my salary is not going to be close to what it will be five years from now. And so if I have the ability to do a, a income-driven repayment plan, maybe it allows me for a little bit lower, more affordable payment for the time being. Uh, but the good news is you can always prepay these loans, generally speaking. And, uh, you know, as you make more money, you have the ability to go back to a standard uh, 15-year loan, uh, student loan repayment plan. Well, you know, the one thing that I would point out about a student loan debt is that it's the only debt that is not allowed to be included into a bankruptcy. And just so you know that. So there's there's a different level of responsibility that goes along with repaying student loan debt. And, um, you know, unfortunately, what we're seeing now is that uh, more and more parents are having to assume the student loan uh, burden uh, because their students aren't eligible for obtaining the student loans. And so uh, it's not just a student problem. It becomes a family issue uh, in order to make certain those payments are paid on time. But again, my suggestion to the parents would be to sit down with the student, create a budget, make certain, you know, maybe do auto draft every single month so that you don't have to worry about being late. Uh, But, you know, the first step, again, it always goes back, it seems to to go back to a budget Uh, and create a budget with your student. Uh, so that we make certain that those bills are paid on time. And that has to be a priority. And uh, maybe the auto draft uh, is a, is a good for many students. And it certainly makes it uh, such that you don't have to worry about making a late payment. So if parents are co-borrowers on student loans, what advice would you give to them for staying on top of these finances? Well, they certainly need to understand the negative impact of not making those payments on time. If they are, in fact, a co-borrower, 
that payment history is also being reflected on their credit report as well. And so even if uh, there's, there's times where the student may not be able to support the, the full student loan uh, repayment, the parents need to be uh, certainly aware of the fact that, uh, you know, any late payments are going to negatively impact their credit as well as the students. And so it may be a case where, you know, maybe they have to step in temporarily to assist financially to make certain that those bills uh, and payments are made in a tom- timely basis. Do you have any guidance for any skip a payment opportunities that come up down the line when making student loan payments? Yeah, and, and generally speaking, the legitimate skip payments, they, 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 they're just adding that principal on the back end of the loan. Uh, but I, I'd be very careful with that. Uh, again, it goes back to getting a plan. Now, obviously, if you don't have a job, uh, it's a different situation. But if you're gainfully employed and you have income, then I, again, it goes back to the need to create a budget every month and make certain that we're allocating money to pay that off. Uh, you know, one thing that I would suggest is that uh, if you're paying uh, higher than a 10% rate for a student loan, then maybe we want to create a budget so that we get that debt paid off as quickly as possible. Uh, and, and I would certainly encourage the repayment uh, to start with the highest interest rate. Uh, and that's generally going to be your private student loans. And your federal debt is typically going to be the lower, uh, the lower rates on that type of debt. Thank you, Eric. Lastly, what are your top practical tips for directly paying off student loan debt? Absolutely. Here's a couple of them. First of all, consider paying off the higher interest rate loans first and check and see if your loans are variable or fixed. Uh, you know, if you have a variable rate loan, uh, what that generally means is as short-term interest rates go up, uh, your interest rates are going to go up on that loan. And so if there's an opportunity to refinance that to a fixed rate, especially in our rate environment, uh, I would certainly encourage that. Uh, to make certain that you establish a, uh, a good payment uh, record, I would suggest using automatic debit program uh, to avoid those late payments. Uh, also, it helps to, uh, to establish good credit as a student starting out. Uh, another suggestion would be to try to pay a little extra money every month. Uh, if we have a budget and maybe we can uh, come up with another $50 or $100 every month, uh, and uh, allocate that toward paying that student loan debt off sooner. Uh, you'll be amazed at how quickly doing something as small as $50 a month, uh, how much of an impact that can do in reducing the, the length of time that uh, you'll have to pay. And then lastly, opt for a bi-weekly payment uh, rather than a monthly schedule if you're given the option of doing that, which means simply that you would have less interest accumulating. Uh, and one last tip that I have uh, if your loan is a non-subsidized loan and you're in school, do as much as you possibly can pay that interest during the period that you're in school on the deferral, which means that your interest clock is ticking while you're in school if it's a non-subsidized loan. And so if you have any extra money in school, maybe from a, a summer job or a part-time job that you can throw toward that interest it will certainly uh, lower the amount of money you'll end up paying over the life of that loan. Thank you again to Eric Smith for joining us to discuss managing student loan debt. And that concludes this Insights for Students podcast. You can find additional information about student finances and more online at www.regions.com slash next step. No matter your goals, Regions will help you with each step you want to take. Thank you for listening. Copyright 2019 Regions Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. 
This information is general educational or marketing in nature and is not intended to be accounting, legal, tax, investment, or financial advice. Statements of individuals are their own, not regions. Consult an appropriate professional concerning your specific situation.